was being unlocked. The door was locked behind them again, even though they were to return within minutes. The clatter of the keys and the tumblers in the lock were the only sounds to be heard. The seven condemned men waited. They'd been in these special cells for a week now, and twice they'd heard the footsteps approaching at this hour, only to hear the warders stop at adjoining doors and take away other prisoners. Seven on each occasion. Twice their minds had played games with them, suggesting that the footsteps were for them, that they were to be called out, and twice they had watched through the barred windows in their doors as others were taken away. The agony of the wait was worse than anything. For some it was worse even than the prospect of death. Exactly a week earlier, a different set of footsteps had stopped at their doors while they were still in the general cells, it had been a hanging day, the 3rd of December, and after the hangings had been completed, the cell doors had been opened, as usual, at 7 o'clock, for the prisoners to clean their cells and be given breakfast. Later in the morning, the whole prison had been put in lockdown mode again, and a roll call was taken. The prisoners knew what that meant. Then, as now, they waited, but on that occasion there had been uncertainty at whose door would the footsteps stop. They had stopped at the doors of the men now waiting for their appointment with the executioner. Buck! The single most feared word in the whole of the prison's vocabulary. The prisoners who were told to pack their belongings would not return to the general cells of maximum security prison. They would be taken away to await execution or to leave maximum for total freedom or to be taken to another prison to serve an alternative sentence. The sheriff would tell them which, but first they would have to accompany the warders and the sheriff to the admin office. For the seven men now waiting, the news had been that the state president had decided not to grant them mercy, and that they would be hanged in a week's time. When the prisoners elsewhere in the grey complex were not hurried from their cells immediately after the bell, their suspicion that today was a hanging day was confirmed, and they immediately started singing. At first there was only the lone voice of a tenor in A3 section, then baritones and basses from other parts joined in. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Oh, lord, kumbaya. The chorus engaged the next verse, and the next in the same melancholic and plaintive tones, verse after verse, reverently, yet insistently. In the past week, so many men had been called out for their appointment with the hangman that the singing had been almost continuous. For more than ten days now the prisoners had been singing, and the warders had been too exhausted to stop them. Someone's praying, Lord, kumbaya. Someone's praying, Lord, kumbaya. Someone's praying, Lord, kumbaya, oh, Lord, kumbaya. In A1, the escorts quickly took up their positions, 
a man at each door, and the warrant officer produced a large key on a lanyard. He glanced sideways to make sure that all his men were ready. Then he brusquely opened the cell doors one after the other. As he opened each door, an escort stepped into the eight-by-six-foot cell and faced its sole inhabitant. The waiting was over. Each warder spoke with the authority of the warrant officer behind him. The language of the prison was Afrikaans. One of the prisoners was slow to rise from his bed. The prisoners complied mechanically, conditioned to do exactly as they were told. Their minds were numb with fear as they undressed sluggishly. Out of habit, they neatly folded their blue and white striped pyjamas and placed their fear-filled rags at the head of their bunks. They stepped gingerly into the green...